0: Every company, every person at your company has to be vaccinated. Then you have a bunch of people walk out and quit. Then they get unemployment. So, like, the government's still going to shovel out unemployment for a lot of people who quit their job. So I don't I don't understand that. But, but the problem is unemployment only pays out a certain amount of money. So I, I understand why the government thinks they have the upper hand on this because, you know, if you make $20 an hour, you're only going to make $300 a week on unemployment. You can't afford to walk out the door, you know. So they ha- they do technically have the upper hand in that case, but it's still weird, right? That it's like the- they're still give unemployment well, to people who walk.
1: In in my opinion, it's the same thing. It's it's governmental funneled dollars. If if you're getting un- unemployment and that's how you're surviving, guess what? You want to keep those unemployment benefits coming. You're going to have to get vaccinated, son you know, because we control you.
0: You, yeah. you don't have,
1: you have nothing without me, right? You have nothing. And, and that's, it, that's what's happening. They are funneling everybody into their are herding the sheep, right? Get a little conspiratorial here, but I, I think in essence you can see this happening. You know, Edward Snowden on the Russell brand show. I just saw this the other day on his YouTube. If you're not watching Russell brand on YouTube you should be. He's he's got it going on. Really, okay. He, he, he puts on a great, and he's got a podcast that you. It, it's a pay for podcast, but man, his you can get enough from his YouTube clips. I'm telling you, They're, it's fantastic. He had Edward Snowden on not too long ago, and Edward Snowden clearly said that the the greatest conspiracies are right in front of your face right now. Hey, thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you all to go check out truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. It's where I shop for a lot of my nutritional needs. It's where Colt shops for a lot of his supplements. Uh, we get protein powders from there. I highly recommend it. And when you get finished shopping, you go to check out. Be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Also, you can do us that huge favor by subscribing to the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Network, wherever you stream your podcast, including YouTube for video content, so that you can keep the variety coming straight to those earholes with the automaticity. Now for this episode, Colt and I host a chat that we titled Smart Toilets, Milk and Conspiracies. During this episode, you will hear us discuss how technology has brought us to the forefront of monitoring our health via our poo how unhealthy cow's milk really is, and the advertising dollars that are spent to convince you otherwise, the ongoing vaccine mandate debacle, and the conspiracies that abound in the landscape of discussion, and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours warm out there, so uh, let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Colt.
0: In rare fashion, going, bud? in rare fashion, in Zoom land today.
1: Yes, in Zoom land today. How are you going to do this? Are, are we going to be okay? I'd... We're used to like sitting about two, three feet apart, uh-huh. facing
0: each other uh-huh.
1: in the studio where you are currently at, but I am currently in my uh, little office here. I mean, it's basically the same and, thing, though, it's right? To be different.
0: I mean, I'm look I'm staring at you. I'm looking at you right in the face, so I think it's we're talking. Uh huh. Yeah, that's all that people really care about, right? <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Uh oh. Have you ever thought about this? Okay. Your fingers have fingertips, but your toes don't have toe tips. Yet you can tip toe, but not tip finger.
0: That doesn't make any sense. Don't like it. It does, though. <laughs> yeah, it does. It. it does. I don't, uh, I don't, I have thought about that actually. Have you? Uh huh. And then I stopped thinking about it because it was blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I had never
1: thought about it. Lo and behold, of course, guess where I found it? On a meme, on social media. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. So I wanted to see if I could capture your imagination with that bit of- I uh,
0: mean, who says says we don't have toe tips?
1: Have you ever heard the term toe tip?
0: No, but that doesn't mean we don't have them, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, apparently we do. Because could you, in fact, tiptoe if you didn't have tips on your toe?
0: Good point. See?
1: And I think it's obvious that there are tips to that to each one of those
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know things dang on off your feet. so yeah, just mm-hmm. an interesting thought. Another interesting thing I came across and you and I kind of talked about this at the onset when we first started talking today but uh, the smart toilet. Tell me what you know about the smart toilet?
0: I know it's supposed to like actually track your health, correct like it takes pictures and things like from inside the toilet to um check your poop and see if you're healthy. I feel like this is going to be an Apple thing. Kind of like the Apple Watch. <laughs> it's going to be the Apple toilet. Right? You know, Apple uh, Apple's going to have everything, right? They're going to they're going to own everything. Yeah. And they're going to have every so, different every different way of checking every every aspect of our health before it's over with.
1: Right. It'll be on your Apple health app on your phone. Mm -hmm. Your poop will Uh also be there. Right. Uh
0: And pictures.
1: And, uh, and pictures, I guess.
0: But like this, this this is, this is actually supposed to be to where it actually, um, it puts it in a file to where when you go to the doctor, they have this stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. Someone who is well-versed and educated in, uh, you know, detecting problems with poo and the mm -hmm, pooper, mm -hmm. uh, they will be able to look at this and say, hey, you you may have a problem. We want to check out and do more tests. So,
0: so, so here's my overall question. How long before hackers who have weird fetishes are hacking mm -hmm. toilets?
1: Yes. I'm going to get to that. First, (laughs) let me do a a little bit more reading. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It says here, because this is a real thing. Uh Yeah, for sure. I know. A team team of researchers at Stanford University developed a prototype smart toilet with four cameras that can identify users based on their anal print. Okay. Wow. Now, now this is from Vice. I don't know if you follow Vice on Facebook. I do, and sometimes they just have some real gems, and this is one of them. It goes on to say, "Your butthole is like a snowflake. No two are exactly alike." Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, each user of the toilet is identified through their fingerprint. And the distinctive features of their anoderm, <laughs> the researchers, right, and the data are securely stored and analyzed <laughs> in the crypto cloud server.
0: <laughs> did you do that <laughs> says, or did it say that? I, I
1: did that, but I couldn't I could not pass I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> I could not say that. <laughs> so here's the deal, right? So you have four cameras. First of all, and we'll get to the hacker thing in a minute, but are you comfortable knowing that there's four cameras? Staring at your butthole, recording what is going on, all the information, while you're taking a dump. Is that something that you're going to be able, is that going to settle well with you?
0: I don't know that it matters to me. Like, okay. I mean, that's just, it's one of those things, like, it feels like it could be like an invasion of privacy. Like if there was just a random camera in a toilet in a JCPenney bathroom toilet, at that point, it's, you know, an invasion of privacy. But if it's right. in my home <laughs> and it's connected to my uh, hospital file, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I don't know how to feel, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. I feel like in this scenario, I have nothing to hide. Right. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: It does to me. Right. Yeah. But I know a, a lot of nervous poors who can't even poo if they think like someone is going to creep up next to the door. Even or you know. Now listen, they they're, they, can't, they're, they're, they can't poop in public places. You know. They, there's a huge they a difference
0: here. There's a huge difference here. <laughs>
1: is there? I, th- I, mean, I I
0: think so because the so- I don't care what's going on like in the toilet, but I care about if somebody's going to walk in on me while I'm because then it's the rest of my body, not like underneath my butt.
1: True. That, that's true. I mean, you're just seeing that snowflake that you, that you sit on uh-huh. all the time, right? That's, that's the only thing that's going to be visible and then what comes out of it. But I mean, if, when it comes to private, private things on me, I would have to say that my bunghole is probably like the number one thing that is private just by proxy. I, I don't feel like it's, it, you know, I don't have a a phobia, about showing it or anything. Right. It's just that it's it's never out there and available for anybody. It would be the, the absolute last thing. But the other, so now I have this camera that's pointed right at it. Four cameras, to be exact. Pointed right at it and monitoring my health through the fecal matter that is coming out.
0: So you said four cameras. Did you make that up, or is that actually how many no. is in there? That, that's how many yeah, is in it, there? It's according because, to Vice. Okay, because... Yeah you got to think like there's more things in the toilet at that time that it's going to be seeing as well, not just your butt. So then it gets, then it gets a little more across the privacy thing. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to capture some other things Uh that happen to be in the vicinity Mm -hmm. while that's going on. Uh So yeah, you're right. So, and one of the comments on this post Cause some comments are just gold. I, I look at comments just as much as I look at posts, it, probably more sometimes I don't open everything I see, but a lot of times I still read the comments because a, you can find out what the article actually said without having to open the stupid thing up and look at ads. Mm-hmm. And, and B, sometimes I just don't like giving them that clickbait uh, satisfaction, right. you know, but, but it still piques my curiosity a little bit. So I go to the comments. The other reason why I do that though, is because the comments are, are just fantastic. And one comment just simply said, what a great time to be alive, <laughs> But if you, which was a joke. But if you think about it, who would have ever thought, you know, we do have smart refrigerators, which is actually pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have smart televisions. You know, they have smart washers and dryers. Why not a smart toilet? Right. So it just makes sense. But like you, one of the first things I thought of is a hacker. I, I, I'm kind of fearful of hackers when it comes to even my refrigerator. I don't know why. I just don't want who knows what they could do. Who knows what kind of, you know, someone who's creative which hackers are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't I don't know what kind of information they could use from that and I don't know. I, I don't know. So I'm the, more worried. The wor- I'm situation. More, yeah. I'm
0: more worried about them just like making ice cubes shoot it out of my fridge in the middle of the night or something.
1: Just to, yeah, just to kind of mess with you. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, would, that. That
0: would creep me out.
1: And uh, I would hate to look on my social media one day and find out that my toilet, my smart toilet had been hacked mm-hmm. and they were displaying all the. which, you know, at, at the same time, I really wouldn't care. I, I mean, I don't know why someone would want to do that. But like you said earlier, too, someone could fetishize it. And just the fact that that could happen, you know, with anything smart. And that's the thing. We, we are losing so much privacy in the name of convenience. And in this case, you know, health. You know, we're, we're so concerned with, uh, with our healthy poo. We're willing to stick cameras down there and monitor it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right answer is if there is one, but, um, it's just kind of crazy. Think about it. I mean, I thought we'd be landing on Mars by now and, and flying in cars, but no, we have cameras looking at our, at our poo. So who would have thought?
0: Good, good point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So speaking of poo and digestive problems, you know, milk. Let me ask you something. Do you drink milk? Do you drink a lot of milk?
0: I, the only milk I drink anymore is almond milk, and it's still kind of rare. Like if I decide I want like a, gr- a glass of, or I mean, a, a bowl of cereal or something, I'll throw in some almond mm-hmm. milk. Or if I want to make a shake or something, sometimes I'll throw in some almond milk, but I don't do regular milk anymore. Okay. Why With- is that? Uh, I mean, health wise, just regular milk just isn't healthy for you. It's really not, even though it's been portrayed for years and years and years that it is. Uh, like when I was a kid, I milk was my go-to drink. I all I drank Mm -hmm. was milk. I would go through a gallon of milk in two days. That's literally how much milk I would drink all the time. And my parents never told me any different. Like they, they probably thought it was a good thing. Oh yeah. Milk has calcium. Milk makes you, you know, have big and strong bones and this, that, and the other. And nowadays I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I wonder why I was fat when I was a kid. That's exactly why. You know how many grams of sugar are in (laughs) a gallon of milk? And I was going through it like every two days. Right. It's insane.
1: So the sugar factor is really what like sent you over the edge as far as the healthy components of milk? Because I do think that milk, I, I, as far as I know, does have calcium, right? Calcium helps the bones, especially in your developmental years, right? So yeah. I think it does have some benefits like that. But what we're going to get into is like, yeah, but the benefits I, versus the consequences.
0: Yeah, I would like to see um, like how much calcium is actually in a glass of milk compared to could I just go buy over-the-counter calcium you know tablets Mm -hmm. at walmart and take those and be better off you know what i'm saying
1: right sure sure and in most cases like you could take vitamins to supplement anything right vitamin c if if, you know because maybe you're not eating enough oranges or whatever Mm -hmm. right um and and, you know vitamin d also is in milk but you supplement with vitamin d in case you don't get enough sunlight right right Mm -hmm. but they always say that the natural form in, in foods and drinks, uh, is always the best way to get your, your vitamins and nutrients. Right. Have you heard that? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh So that's kind of, that's kind of, that's one of the reasons why I assume that people do stick with milk, even though it has the sugar content. I think the health benefits for a lot of people, myself included, um, up until more recently, they feel like that drinking milk is a healthy option. And not only do we feel like it's a healthy option, schools are mandated lest they lose federal funding to have milk. And as you, you know, as you remember, like I do as a kid, you know they you had milk at school, mm-hmm. and you had the option of white or chocolate. I went with chocolate. I wasn't a big milk drinker as a kid. I became a milk drinker later, um, but you know it's mandated. So there's this push, and the one of the reasons why, at least, there's this push is because milk and milk products have been effectively promoted by the united marketing plan with a budget in excess of 165 million dollars a year. So, why is there such a push? It kind of reminds me of you know we we grew up at least back you know what way back in the day I remember when fat was the devil, mm-hmm. right? Everything you had to watch your fat. Don't eat fatty foods. It's going to cause you all kinds of cardiac you know conditions um, it, it's going to clog up your heart this and that which there's still some truth to that you know you got to be careful with your saturated fats. Yeah I was um, gonna say
0: it, it depends on the kind of fat you're talking about. Right. But yeah, we didn't back, but then, back it, then
1: I don't remember mono or monounsaturated you know right. and uh, polyunsaturated I didn't remember those terms. Right. It was just fat fat was the devil I do remember that.
0: Yeah it was easier to lump fat just the word fat into its own you know, category. It was just easier to do that for people.
1: Yeah, it was a boogeyman. Uh-huh. And you know, you, you want to simplify the message for us small people. So you just say fats are bad. Right. And it come out later, which I don't have a a source for this off the top of my head or, you know, prepared for this conversation, but uh, it come out later that the sugar industry was behind this. So that the sugar industry couldn't just come out and say, you know, sugar's good for you. You know, eat more sugar because that wasn't going to fly. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone was that stupid, but what they did was they turned it around and, and casted fade on fats. And so they, they had this big, I don't know if they lobbied, you know, the government or, or the particular agencies that are responsible, one of the alphabet soup people, you know, the, those agencies. Um, I don't know if they, they lobbied, like the uh, FDA, for instance, mm-hmm. whether whether they, they lobbied and said, hey, we want to we want to throw shade on on the fat industry and promote sugar or, or, or at least take the the uh, focus off of sugar. Right. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what this reminds me of with milk, except they're not really throwing fate on anyone. They're just saying, hey, because it does have some health benefits. I do believe that. Uh, what I didn't realize is that and this is coming from the nutritionstudies.org and it says there is compelling scientific evidence that our consumption of daily products is strongly associated with the following conditions childhood onset diabetes right type 1 that makes sense right like you said chalk full of sugar right mm-hmm. so that's you know but how about this one constipation now this is where the smart toilet would come in handy because <laughs> it would be able to see that we're not pooping it could Send us a, 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 you know, a notification on my phone that says, hey, you you know,
0: James, you haven't pooped you have a in a poop while lately.
1: <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're getting worried about you down here.
0: <laughs> you know, hey, but, uh, but before we go on, so that was uh, a, a question that popped into my mind a while ago when we were talking about the smart, smart toilet, too, is that you don't uh, always really just poop at home, right? So if your smart toilet's at home, you know, what if you poop for a week like your your daily poop is at work? You know, and right. are you going to get a notification saying, hey, man, you haven't pooped in five days here? And then <laughs> go see it, your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, a great question you know, what, goes. you know, it'd be funny, too, is if so it's just like it's connected to your phone and say if you're one of those people, um, you know, like everyone who is on their phone while they're pooping and they're scrolling through right. Facebook or whatever, and you've been on the toilet for like 45 minutes. What if you get a notification like on Netflix that says, are you still pooping? Instead of like, are you still watching? It's like, are you, like, still, are you still pooping? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, don't ask me this again, or ask me later, or something like that. Uh huh. Oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great questions. I don't have good answers, you know, because that's that's a great point. Because I, you know, I don't poop until I usually get my first round of caffeine, mm-hmm. and then it's like, you know, I'm pretty regular after that. But um, I, I would love to be one of those guys who poop first thing in the morning. Like I know people, they, they get up and before they take a shower, they poop like clockwork. Yeah. It's like, that would be so awesome. I wish I could do that. Yeah. Never been that kind of poor, mm-hmm. but who would have thought. But is there any worse feel,
0: is, is there any worse feeling than taking a shower and then having to poop?
1: It sucks, right? It does. Uh, I'm like, even though I'm still clean, just I feel unclean uh-huh. at that point. I feel unclean <laughs> and that's, that's terrible. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> right after you take a shower. It's uh-huh. just not fair. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm about to spider web again, but I'm going to keep moving on. I'm listening. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, ear infections. Who would have thought that milk caused ear infections and sinus congestion, skin problems, including rashes, dermatitis, eczema, hives, and acne. Now, I knew that gluten products caused uh, eczema. Uh, we put my daughter on a gluten-free diet for a long time. Because her grandfather on her mother's side has uh, gluten intolerance as well. And when he eats gluten, he breaks out in eczema. And for the longest time, he didn't know what was going on. Right. But so we tried that with my daughter after he found out how to, how to mitigate that eczema. We put uh, my daughter, Kayla, on a gluten free diet and cleared it right up. Hmm. Apparently, milk does the same thing for some people because we've all heard of, you know, lactose intolerance, obviously. And I was surprised by the numbers. I don't know if it's in this article or not, but like I I believe it said African-Americans. It was like in the 70 percentile. They have some like uh, some factor of uh, lactose intolerance. It's like, wow, that's amazing. That's a high, high number.
0: Which I I mean, Um, I don't know. I wonder if you can get like, become lactose intolerant over time of not really having much dairy. Like, I wonder if you get away from it for long enough that you're bought when you go, try to drink, eat it again. Like me, I don't really drink milk anymore. I'll drink some almond milk, but that's about it. Which I guess almond milk doesn't have lactose in it, right? I wouldn't think so. I don't believe so, no. Um, I'll eat, it's I'll,
1: also infused with calcium, by the way.
0: Yeah, I'll eat some ice cream every once in a while. And that normally doesn't make my stomach feel great. So I'm I'm assuming that if you stay away from lactose for quite a while, that your body, if you if you try to if you try to take it in again, your body's like, dude, what is this, and why are you doing this to me?
1: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, because you're basically programming your system to you know uh, process certain things, right? And if you don't process those things for a while, mm-hmm. then I think your body probably acclimates to to what you're feeding it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and here we go with digestive disturbance. I think this is probably the most common, at least to my knowledge, and, and uh, the most prevalent, uh, may, maybe the same thing, but the most pervasive, maybe uh, digestive disturbance, including irritable, irritable bowel syndrome and Crohn's disease. I didn't realize it was that significant, but mm-hmm. that's some pretty significant disorders just from drinking milk. Yeah. Arthritis and joint pain, joint pain, uh, joint pain, how many uh, arthritis four, and four, four, pain. Four, four,
0: four times, five times. How many? How many yeah, do we good. need? I'll get it out. I'll get it out <laughs> one of these times. And
1: even even less cancer. I mean, come on. And then ten obesity. Now I don't know. You know, these are studies, right? Mm-hmm. So studies are studies, and we talk about this a lot. If you want to manipulate numbers to confirm your preconceived notion, then you know chances are you're going to be able to do that. But I think anecdotally, like you were saying, uh, and, and I, I've known people who are very much lactose intolerant and who had things go wrong with them, like with the gluten. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that milk probably causes, you know, at least most, if not all these disorders. And number 10 is obesity. Go figure. Right. You know, uh, just another quick story. When I was a younger man, I was in my early twenties and I'd left home of course, when I was 19 and uh, went out on my own eventually And then uh, I got into some unhealthy practices, we'll just say, and wasn't taking good care of myself, wasn't eating right, lost a bunch of weight. I was down, you know, I'm six foot tall. And at that time I was down to about 160, 160 pounds. And so it it was unhealthy skinny. Right. And so I eventually came back home for a while like I needed to. I needed to come back and and regroup and, and reset myself. And I was fortunate to have parents who allowed me to do that because they could see the, the dire straits that I was in. And my buddy said, look, you're too skinny and it's gross. I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but he says, if you want to gain weight, I'll tell you what I did. You drink a gallon of whole milk a day. And so I was like, okay, so I did. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of about four or five months, I went from around 160 to my heaviest ever at that time, which was like, I think I was 205. And it was, it, it happened within that short span of time mm-hmm. because of milk, mm-hmm. whole milk. Yeah. And I mean, I, I was drinking it like it was going out of style because I was trying to repair myself, but I kind of overdid it. Yeah. Um, they, so I know that milk can definitely cause obesity.
0: Yeah. Bodybuilders call that the go mad diet, gallon of milk a day. And it, uh, I mean, a lot of, I've seen, I've never personally done it, but I've seen people, you know, swear by, Cho- you know, a half a gallon of chocolate milk whenever you get done get done at the gym because it's got sugar in it, you know, which is not necessarily the worst thing in the world after, you know, after you get done lifting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A half a gallon of milk is a lot, but, you know, and then, uh, of course, when you add the chocolate into it, that's going to add some more sugar and things like that, too, uh, you know, plus the calcium, but also plus milk does have a lot of protein in it, too. So, you, you know, you kind of get all those effects at once, but I... That just sounds horrible. Like your your <laughs> your stomach has to be so tear torn up.
1: I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Are, do you say that because of all the sugar? Is is that why you think it's so torn up? Probably. I don't really have.
0: Probably. Okay, no, I, I don't I,
1: really have a, adverse reactions to milk. Otherwise, other than it will make me fat, <laughs> but I, I don't. I, I don't suffer a lot of those other things like digestive issues. At least, not that I can tell. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just thinking that because it just seems like it would be bad for your digestive system. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't done it. I haven't personally done it, so I don't know for a fact that it's, you know, rough. But I, I don't know. I like me trying to do it right now. I guarantee you, it would be it would be terrible. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I would never do that again. By the way, and. I don't drink a whole lot of milk nowadays. Um, I I do still like my cereal. I'm going to be honest with you. I love breakfast cereal, specifically Raisin Bran Crunch, and Mini Wheats Frosted Mini Wheats. Uh, Frosted Mini Wheats is like, in a lot of respects, my dessert, and it's also you know sometimes my meal, Mm -hmm. and it's sometimes it's a great for me. I'm not. I give no medical or, or nutritional advice for the most part on this podcast and what i'm about to say is definitely not advice <laughs> but but one of the great refeeds for me is a a big heaping bowl of frosted mini wheats after a workout okay it makes me feel great but okay i'm, I'm not saying I, I i could probably make more gains if i did things you know differently but it just feels so good and it tastes so good
0: <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's almost like euphoric <laughs>
1: Sounds but to me like you just. Refeed,
0: it sounds to me like you just have a sweet tooth after you get out of the gym. I think so. You know, maybe. And there's worse things out uh, there. I mean, I assume they probably have like a lot of fiber and stuff in them.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. So you got that you know, going and that going for you. The raisin brand crunch is is really good. Uh, not that it's good. Not it has way too much sugar. Don't get me wrong. And plus, you're if you're using milk, bam, you got that much more sugar. Mm-hmm. But the raisins are good for you. As long as you don't have blood sugar issues, you got to watch that. Right. And, and then the fiber in Raisin Bran period, I, I like the crunch because it's a little tastier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fiber is, I, I know it works. Trust me. I won't get in you know, back into the <laughs> smart toilet
0: Gee, I wonder how. I wonder how you know.
1: <laughs> right. Because um, I've got the app and I've got the <laughs> smart toilet. Not really. But it's...
0: That actually creeps me out it, because it, I it used your works. toilet the last time I was at your house. and I did not know... This, that's something you got to tell people, man. Like you got to have a sign on the door (laughs) to the bathroom or something. Don't worry.
1: It scans, it scans for, for me. Does it? Okay. Okay. Remember it's like a snowflake, but (laughs) getting back to refeed for a second, (laughs) we keep gravitating back to that smart toilet conversation. (laughs) Uh, We probably will for the the rest of the day. Um, In a refeed though, you mentioned drinking a, a glass of chocolate milk. Could, could be, you know, a good, refeed right you're you're refeeding your carbs back into your body after a hard workout um do you feel like though that it's better to eat something i say fibrous you know something with some sustenance to it or or does it matter can, can you just drink something like chocolate milk to refeed and it pretty much does the same thing you have any experience or
0: um knowledge so i i the biggest difference is going to be if you're just drinking something, it's going to digest a lot faster. But, okay. but like if you're so like, is, is your question like if I go to the gym and I lift and I get home and do I take a protein shake with some milk in it or do I eat a steak? Is that what you're asking? Like what the difference right. is between the two base?
1: base yeah, basically. Whole, or, or if you're just whole, looking, cause that's, that's more protein.
0: Yeah. Based. Yeah. But whole, whole foods always going to, for a lack of a better term, stick to your bones a little better. You know, you're always okay. going to be able to, I think you're going to get the biggest, um, I think you would notice a big, a bigger difference if you're eating like a whole steak or a whole chicken or something like that when you got out of the gym. But if you're looking at something that's going to digest fast and is going to get into your, your bloodstream a lot faster, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you know, um, a lot of times I'll take, with my pre-workout, I'll throw in a scoop of protein. Reason being is because while I'm in the gym, that's digesting and it's getting into my bloodstream. Well, I'm, you know, say I'm doing biceps and triceps that day. While that's getting into my bloodstream, it's also going to the areas that are getting pumped up. You know what I'm saying? So like you're forcing blood into certain areas of your body while you're in the gym. So the goal is mm-hmm. to well, if this stuff is digesting while you're in the gym and it's getting into your bloodstream, you're forcing blood into a certain area. So that's the that's the my idea behind it, right? Um, if I were to eat a steak right before I go into the gym, I don't think I'm going to get those same effects, right? Because it's going to take so right. much longer for that steak to digest into my in my stomach. However, the the protein content. Um. I, I don't know. I, I, I would say if it's immediate right after you get out of the gym, I would say your shake is going to be your best bet. But throughout the day, if you need to do a shake as like a filler, like if you just don't have the time to get in a meal here or there and you want to throw in a shake instead, that's fine. But I just don't, I try not to make that a habit. I will every once in a while, just if it's a quick on the go kind of thing. But if I can throw, if I can chow down on some steak or some chicken or shrimp or something like that, I'm doing that instead throughout the day not yeah. not necessarily right as I'm lifting
1: now I, I don't know enough of the science but I do know enough to know that too much protein can be bad for the kidneys yes it can is that correct so sure it is is our, our protein shakes more of a threat because they digest so quickly they go through your system so quickly it's like bam like, you know it's like a shot of protein uh, streamlined into your system, is that going to be worse for you than eating that steak as far as the protein on the kidneys?
0: That's a good question. I don't, I honestly don't know. Okay. Um, all right. I mean, like, I, I understand the question, but like if you do two scoops of protein, you're looking at like probably 50 grams of somewhere around 50 grams of protein, right? You think you're getting Mm -hmm. that, that same amount out of a steak? I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't, I don't either, but I I want to say no, but you
0: know, but I also think that it also has to do with your lifestyle and what you do outside of when you're eating. You know, if you're drinking water all day long and you're getting a gallon, a gallon and a half of water in a day, I don't think it's going to be near as bad as if you're somebody who's drinking Mountain Dew all day long while you're also, you know, or doing the gallon of milk a day while you're, you know, I I don't think those people are going to have a lot, it off a lot worse than somebody who's drinking water all day long and is kind of, Uh, not detoxing, but you know what I'm saying? Like kind of keeping fluids running through and keeping yourself hydrated all day long. I think those people are going to be better off and it's not going to be that big an issue.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Your, your lifestyle surrounding your protein intake, right? I think will definitely have a direct effect on how your body processes that right. Specifically your kidneys Mm -hmm. in this, in this case in point. So very good point. Um, milk, Back to milk for a second. The problems with milk are numerous, it says. The article goes on. Milk proteins, all dairy products, especially low or non-fat dairy products, contain abundant quantities of milk proteins. And they're most commonly implicated causal factor in promoting the diseases listed above. So there's proteins in milk. Apparently, they're not the good ones. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that was new to me, that, that educated me given that this article is correct and the science behind it, of course, is correct. There's also bacterial contamination, and you got to think about it. It, Of course, it's pasteurized, so I think that that probably has, you know, it it mitigates most of the problems with bacterial problems in milk. That just means they got
0: it from a pasture, right? Isn't that what pasteurized means?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look it up. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I had a buddy who told me a story he was watching a documentary and this has been some time ago. I'm talking probably, man, 15 years ago, maybe not, maybe, maybe 13, 14. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He said he was watching this documentary and he never drank milk again after watching this documentary because they were showing these machines, you know, it's not the old milk made out there milking the cow anymore. They've got these machines that hook up a sucker and it's just you know, pumping out of this poor cow. He said that was bad enough, but the cow's udder was just raw. It, it became raw uh, and it started to bleed, and it was bleeding into the milk. You know, it's uh, just this grossness, and there were flies all around it. If factory farming, dairy farming, I would assume, is is a factory farm at least to some degree, especially when you've got like automatic milkers. That um, the process can't be that sanitary, can't be that clean, right? And they're not looking in in any process like that. They're not looking for, they're not looking out for your health, right? If if it's a factory farm, it's a dairy farm in general, they're milking to make money. Each, each, you know, pull on that udder is another dollar in the bank. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to get out as much as they can. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that your health and and whether or not you think that's gross is not their number one priority. Um, And so bacterial contamination is, is one of the uh, pitfalls and the the problems with milk.
0: So here's something I hadn't thought about. Um, what exactly is the process to make milk like the different variants, like, uh, whether it's vitamin D or it's 2%, 1% skim milk, what are they actually doing to change it from one to the other? Like, does it start out as basically vitamin or, I mean, not start out, but, um, like is milk kind of like vitamin D and then all of a sudden they kind of take stuff out of it to make it something else? I don't, I don't know. I don't.
1: I'm going to start off by saying I have no clue. Okay. But what I assumed, always have assumed is that you start out with milk basically as it is. I think they, they they add vitamin D to it. I could be mistaken there. Oh, Okay. Uh, But you, you have milk and my understanding was they cut it with water. That's, that's what I thought it was. It's like they cut so much of it with water to get, you know, half and then so, 2%, whatever, and then 1% and skim.
0: So what is it? I could that? be so, completely wrong.
1: I have no idea. So what
0: is, if it says 2% or 1%, what does that exactly mean? 2% what? 1% what? That's
1: a great question as well. Great question. I really thought we you answer. were, I
0: really thought you were the milk expert and you're not giving <laughs> no, me nothing. I'm not even close.
1: Dude, dude, I brought one article to the table <laughs> because I thought it was interesting and you're You're shooting way outside of my scope
0: here. You You, you asked me before the show, what topics you got? Oh, well, you know, this, this, and this. And then you're like, what about milk? Okay. (laughs) And here we are. Hey,
1: I got some good information here. I just don't have all of the information that you
0: would like to know.
1: I just feel, I I feel
0: like shouldn't, doesn't it seem like that should be common knowledge that we don't know? You're right. Like what? It, like what it actually means. The only thing that I know is that one percent in skim don't taste as good as two percent in vitamin D. And it, yeah. and like when you get to skim, it it like you said, if it's cut with water or if that's even a thing, I don't know. But like if it is, it seems like it's cut with a lot of water because skim is really thin. And then like the higher you go mm-hmm. up, the the thicker or creamier that it is. So I don't know.
1: I agree. And, you know, you could get a taste for any of the above because once I got real fat on whole milk, I went to, I think, maybe 1%, maybe even skim for a while because that's what my mom and dad actually drank was skim milk because Mm -hmm. I think the fat content is less maybe. You know, I I think it's in some respects, it's healthier for you. In other respects, you're not getting as much as the vitamins that you would get from regular whole milk. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, So it says here, I don't know if this is going to explain it or not, but it says reduced fat milk is labeled as 2% milk, which means the milk fat is 2% of the total weight of the milk. Uh, Not that an eight ounce glass of milk contains 2% fat. So the entire gallon has only 2% milk fat. Okay. Now, once again, I don't know enough about the process to really understand what that means. I just Mm -hmm. know that it's it's 2% of, does that mean that whole milk is? hundred percent milk fat. I'm not sure. I have to, but that's also got like to be like based
0: off of the serving size too, right? Because everything no, is, is based off a of serving size.
1: This is for the entire gallon, huh? the The milk fat is two percent of the total weight of the milk, not that it's an eight ounce glass. Well, it doesn't say gallon. It just says the total weight of the milk. I don't know what the original weight is, right? You know, once again, there. Uh, I don't know, huh? but also another consequence or, or another th- a problem with with milk is the hormones they put in it because in order to maximize milk production dairy cows are routinely injected with recombinant is that right recombinant yeah bovine growth hormone so this happens with all the animals now too i mean when you look at chickens if i could get if i could go back in time and get a chicken breast from 1977 i don't know just off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And you compare it to a chicken breast now, the chicken breasts now are huge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's because they're jacking them up with hormones, with steroids or whatever, you know, things like that. They're and and they're just unnaturally big. And so they're doing hormones for the cows too, because it increases milk production, right? A- milk in any mammal is produced by a hormone that triggers that production. But is it so but it's are, not it's
0: not just specifically for Milk, though, right? Isn't it? Isn't it also to beef up cows for actually slaughtering them and getting the meat off of them too?
1: I don't. I don't think that they eat dairy cows. I could be oh, wrong. Really? Oh, really? Okay. I, I. I think they're just for milking.
0: Interesting. <laughs> but
1: I don't know that for sure. But yeah, okay. they. They jack them up. In this case, is strictly to produce milk. Okay. Because I, I think one of the reasons that that this practice is so bad is because after a dairy cow loses its milking ability, then it's useless. Gotcha. You know, mm-hmm. it maybe maybe they eat it too. I don't know, but it's, it's sole purpose was to produce milk. It's a dairy cow. Gotcha. And so that's what they're going to, they're going to, they're going to milk that cow. You know, it's, they're going to milk it until there's nothing left in it. And they're using the hormones to increase the production.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Once
1: again, they're not worried about our health. They sure aren't worried about the cow's health. Right. right? It's all about making that dollar. It's right. About making the money and they make their money by producing milk. Mm -hmm. And so that, but in the process though, once again, they're not worried about our health and those hormones, they don't just disappear inside of the cow somewhere. It it is filtered through the milk, just like any other mammal, right? Right. If a female, if a human female is taking some kind of medication and she's breastfeeding her child, that child is also getting that medicine through her breast milk. Right. And so the, the same things happen with cows, with the hormones and with number five is also antibiotics. So large quantities of antibiotics are given to dairy cattle and may be contributing to the increasing problems of antibiotic resistant strains of bacteria. Hmm. Hmm. So a lot of the, the problems that we're having with our immune systems you know, as a people, as, as human beings could possibly be resulting from this hormone and antibiotics that we are ingesting through dairy cattle.
0: Right. You know, what's, Um, what's interesting is, is like you said, you know, if, if, uh, you know whatever the mother's taking in, uh, like in a, hu- a human, like uh, whatever a mother's mm. taking in, that kind of stuff you can go through the uh, the breast milk if they're if they're feeding a newborn or something like that. That's why they say you know even though you've had the baby, you know don't drink alcohol because that still that still gets into the breast milk and stuff. Um, right, and it's the same way with like the COVID vaccine and stuff like that too. If they they say that if the vaccine if, if the mother gets the vaccine, that the antibodies will be transferred to the baby through breast milk, mm. which is interesting. Of course, I don't know the science yeah. behind that, but I do know we were told that by our baby doctor whenever we were given the opportunity if we wanted, to, if, you know, we wanted her, my wife to go ahead and get the vaccine during pregnancy or not. Because I know, right. I, I think we've talked about in this this in the past, but I do have family who, while they were pregnant, they did get vaccinated. Um, reason being is because they they were confident enough that the science proves that you know the baby's getting a lot more antibodies through that through that uh, injection while they're while they're pregnant. We didn't take that route mm-hmm. just because for us there wasn't enough science there to back up doing that and we just felt, you know, just didn't feel like it was the the right move to make at the time. So, um yeah. But yeah, I just I just think that's interesting that you know, hormones and vaccines and all that kind of stuff is transferred through breast milk as well to to babies.
1: How did the doctor that was discussing that with you? Mm-hmm. You said the doctor discussed that with you as well, right? Yeah. How did he or she present that? Was were they Did it seem like they were favorable that you should, that she should get the vaccine in order to pass on those antibodies to the child? Or was he like skeptical or was just like, eh, you know, this is this, this is what it does. Do what you want.
0: So this was still, you know, almost a year ago about, well, I mean a little, just a little under a year ago. Um, So when we were first asked about it, she basically just said, do you plan on getting it basically said, have you been vaccinated? She said, no. She's like, do you plan on being vaccinated? Um, and she's like, well, what she asked what her what the doctor's thoughts were on it. And she told us straight up, she's like, at this point, I do not feel, she's like, I'm not going to tell you one way or the other what to do. She's like, but I don't feel like the science is there enough to, to get, you know, to take it while you're pregnant. She's like, I just don't feel like the science is there. She's like, it's totally up to you and I'm not going to, you know, tell you one way or the other what you should do but but she was excited whenever she found out that my wife had been vaccinated after she had our baby uh because of the breastfeeding aspect because of the antibodies Mm. being able to be transferred to the baby while she was uh breastfeeding so I, i i don't i don't really know how she felt i don't know if she would have been you know more excited if we would have gotten it while she was pregnant or not. She just, the way she put it to us was that she didn't think the science was there for us to do it. She said not good, not in a good way or a bad way. She just didn't feel like the science was there.
1: Well, I can appreciate that too. Yeah. She, she, um, was just honest based off of her knowledge and her experience. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't just trying to, to push science, just, you know, to kind of use y'all as a, as a test, you know, as an experiment. So mm-hmm. definitely appreciate that. I still, you know, did she, did she explain any kind of adverse possibilities about the breastfeeding, the antibodies passing through the breast milk?
0: Was there anything as at all for, to worry about as far as adverse, meaning like what, like the something an, bad any
1: possible. Yeah. Any possible consequences to the baby?
0: She didn't say anything, but sh- I don't know if there, if it's, the science is out there right now to know, you know what I mean? It's just the, the vaccine hasn't been out long enough really to be able to tell. I don't think hmm. unless they've, unless there's been, you know, babies who have had major issues just from breastfeeding. I don't know. Sure. And to, be, well, on, and to reason- be and to be honest, and this might be conspiracy minded, but even if there were babies who were having issues with it, I don't know that they would let it out in the media that it was COVID vaccine related.
1: Right, I mean, that's yeah, that's part of my my suspicions, my problems is that we're just getting information from somebody, Mm -hmm. and you don't know, you know, where they're coming from, what their agenda is, what their experience or perspectives have been to this point. But I would, if I am you, my mind is eased because she was pretty much skeptical of getting the vaccination while pregnant, Mm -hmm. but she was excited about the antibodies passing through the breast milk so that causes me to trust her more Mm -hmm. right does that make sense yeah because if she'd have been like yeah let's let's get it while you're while you're pregnant you know let's let's fight this this COVID let's flatten this curve Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever you know that that she was going to say to try and encourage you to do that Um, the fact that she didn't but then you know was different about the breast milk that that puts my mind at ease
0: yeah yeah. Yeah. If she if she if she would have hardcore been pushing it while she was pregnant, it would have almost felt agenda like ish. Like right. Yeah. Like hey. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how money's funneled when it comes to this kind of stuff. But I, you know, if if she would have been like hardcore, you absolutely need to do this. I I 100 recommend doing this while she was pregnant. I would have been more to be like, I don't know. Maybe we don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but, you know, people listen to doctors because they are doctors and they're supposed to be the ones that know. But for a doc, for a doctor who is supposed to know, who tells us there, it just hasn't been here long enough for me to be able to tell you that I 100%, you know, it it, it makes me think that she is really looking out for the well being of my wife and the baby in that scenario Agreed. versus just saying, get yep. it, get it, get it, get it, get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, through all of this, I have never spoken with like my actual doctor, you know, to see what he actually thinks about the vaccine. I would be curious to know. I haven't had a checkup since then, I guess, since COVID started. But listening to to people like Fauci for me just causes a lot of mistrust, you know, because he's not it's not a personal like he's not sitting there right in front of you. And he's not the one actually caring for you and checking your labs. You know, he knows your history and things like that. Right. He's, he's more of a politician to me than anything. He's more of a he's like the current rock star, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, especially did you hear did you see that thing where he authorized um, the the use of some dogs? I think they were beagles where they they took out, well, first of all, they took out their vocal cords and I, I need to reference this. So this is just anecdotal right now, but go look it up. If you're listening to this, go look it up, look up Dr. Fauci and dogs and see if this pops up because the, the NIH actually paid for the removal of the dog's vocal cords so that the experimenters couldn't hear them like yelping and and, and crying and stuff. Because what they did was they drugged these dogs and Put their heads in this in this thing. They had them laying down, and they they put their heads in this in this thing. It's an enclosure, and they let some kind of ants or something eat their faces. It's some kind of an experiment, and this has something to do with Dr. Fauci. And I hope this wasn't complete BS, or I'm just wasting my time here. <laughs> but I don't know. I've seen it in a couple different spots now. Which you know how sometimes rumors and, and misinformation can spread like wildfire. Um, but Aside from that, because that's pretty crazy. Uh, aside from that, though, I mean, it's gotten out that he um, in some way or another was uh, he authorized the gain of function research at the Wuhan lab, which he lied about. You know, he's like they flip flopped about a lot of things and it really muddies the waters. So I know we're, we're stepping on territory that we've already kind of discussed even last episode with Ace about how the, the, the big problem is not even the vaccine or, or the virus itself. It's the mistrust that we have of those who are telling us what to do. Right. Um, it's just, it's a really big problem and now it's getting even worse. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, and I I
0: know what you're going to get into, but you know, it's the mistrust is just getting worse now because now it's a, it's people's livelihoods that are at stake because of Mm -hmm.
1: this. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. What we're devolving into now with this mandate because, you know, President Biden himself is trying to mandate. He is mandating that as much of the population as he can get control over must take this vaccine. And so they are overriding as the government. They're overriding bodily autonomy. You know, the, the freedom of, of choice of what goes in a person's body, and they're using their livelihood to do that. And it's, it's very snaky. I, I don't care which side of the, the vaccine debate that you lie on. Um, the way that they're doing this is outright just, it's crazy. I'm not even going to drop any kind of terms, but it's just nuts. I'll drop that term and crazy <laughs> and insane because they, they are, they're saying if you don't take this, you can't work here. You know, you, you can't do this job. Mm. Um, and and the, the goal is to get as many people as possible. And I know it's coming to, um, the public school system soon. I, you know that that's going to be the next mandate. I don't know about the next one, but it's coming down the pike. I guarantee it, because they're they're getting this uh, authorized, this vaccine authorized for ages five through eleven now, and so that's definitely going to be coming down the pike. But all these workers are are, are stepping out. They're they're walking off, or and they're protesting. Uh, We've got nurses and their biggest chief complaint that I've heard that really makes a lot of sense. Once again, no matter what side of the vaccine debate you're on, they were the essential workers, right? They were the ones on the front lines Mm -hmm. when people got sick, when people got COVID. these nurses and, and doctors. I think this is mostly nurses that's dealing with this right now, but they were the ones that cared for these people. Right. They had to see the respiratory distress and they had to see the death. And, and they went through this because there was no vaccine yet. Now they're being told, you don't have a job anymore because you won't take the vaccine. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I had, this is something that I was told, and I don't know, I don't have anything, any science to back it up or anything like that, so if anybody's listening, sorry, I, I, I might be talking out of my ass, but I was told by a doctor sure. that their thought about this whole thing is that the reason why they're doing this for uh, doctors and nurses in hospitals is because Biden is trying to put a bill through that states that anyone who is insured through Medicare or Medicaid cannot be treated by someone who is not vaccinated. So what that means is, is if, someone who is insured through Medicare or Medicaid goes into the hospital and gets treated by a doctor. And then that doctor was not vaccinated. Now the hospital is liable for that doctor. And that's a lot of people that the hospital is not going to be able to treat if that's the case, if they don't force everyone to get vaccinations.
1: That's a new twist I haven't heard. Yeah. So kind of, you know, follow the money there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: If, and perhaps I think this is one of the more like generous, more non-conspiratorial ways to look at this because it it is in fact following money. Mm -hmm. So if, if the government officials, Fauci and all of his other people, if they really believe that the vaccine is going to minimize hospitalizations and, and minimize like, the, the use of, um, well, the ICU and the use of ventilators and things like that, which costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID precautions cost a lot of money. I can tell you that firsthand. Uh, the, the type of PPE that you have to have on site, the type of protocols you have to have, and and the drain it is on staffing, it does cost a lot of money. So Medicaid, Medicare, of course, is that, that bill is fitted by the government. Mm-hmm. So if they can minimize the cost by vaccinating people, making sure they're vaccinated, um, then it's going to save them a lot of money. Right. I still have a question as to what does that have to do with a doctor or nurse being vaccinated or not for them to care for that person? What, where does that come in?
0: That, I, that I'm not sure. I, so you mean why is it important that somebody who is insured through Medicare or Medicaid, that the person's treating them is vaccinated, what the importance is there? Is that what you're yeah what because
1: you're yeah because my initial logic is it makes sense if I'm a government official and I'm not some whack job some conspiratorial jackass who who's got this other agenda in mind which you know that's always on the table but <laughs> if if it's just about saving money right and, and and I believe the vaccine will cost the government less than those who are on the government dole via Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, they're beneficiaries of those insurances, then it makes sense that I want to vaccinate all of those people because I'm paying by me. And this is one of the problems with the government. They think that, you know, the money is theirs. Taxpayers are fitting the bill for their hospitalizations, for their ICU uh, stays, for their ventilators and so on and so forth. That makes sense. But why the doctors and nurses? Like if, if I am a nurse and I am not vaccinated and I go in and I treat people, I end up getting covid and getting sick, that's on me, right? I'm not on Medicaid. Nurses, they do pretty decent as far as money goes. Yeah, Um, They do okay. And so they usually have a little bit better insurance than what, you know, actually, it's kind of a bad place to be in, kind of a spider web here, but they're kind of in that in-between place oftentimes where you can't afford really, really good insurance, but you also, they, they won't let you be on Medicaid because you make too much money. Right. Anyway. The the point is the government's not fitting that bill, the taxpayers aren't fitting that bill. Yeah. So why do they why do they care about that? And, and that's a problem with a lot of I mean that, the things that it, they're it, doing right it now. It
0: may just be part of the control thing. You know, they can control the Medicare and Medicaid part of this. So, you know, if they if it's another way that they can force people to get the vaccine, like they want everybody to get it anyways, then maybe that's maybe that's where it ends. You know, it's just as simple as that. Maybe.
1: That's what I was afraid you'd say.
0: Maybe, you know, maybe they're not like worried that somebody who doesn't get the vaccine is going to pass on COVID to someone or anything like that. But that's just like what we have talked about before. Just because you have the vaccine doesn't mean you can't get it and doesn't mean you can't pass it to someone else. And and it may not be as bad for you because you got vaccinated, but that doesn't mean it's still not going to be bad for the person who didn't get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So, it, it yeah, like you said, I know it. It's, it was what you af- was afraid I was going to say, but it might just be as simple as control.
1: I, I guess I'm just looking for a. am hoping for another answer. <laughs> yeah, I get you it. Know, yeah. Th- they're using Medicaid, Medicare dollars to control. And this is a problem with these, uh, programs. Um, it, it, because if, if like say in my industry, skilled nursing industry, um, it's Medicaid funded and and Medicare as well, but highly Medicaid in my realm of things. And because they fund it, then they control it. And the mandate has been passed also to the skilled nursing industry as well, which I knew was coming. I knew it was coming. So it's a matter of them being able to take away your dollars and, Who wants that? Because once again, they're, they're, they're taking away your livelihood.
0: Are are you seeing a lot of pushback from people in the skilled nursing facilities who don't want to get the vaccine?
1: we're, We're not there yet. They've set a late November deadline. I hope it gets pushed further down the road so We can kick that can. It's there's potential for catastrophe. There's potential for absolute catastrophe and there's no answer for it. There's no solution. There, there's, there's a shortage of healthcare workers right now, or anyway, across the board. You know, I've, I've talked with the mother of someone who works in a local hospital, and she said that the ICU is not full exactly. It's only as full as how well they can staff it, because there are staffing ratios that are mandated. And it's not that every bed in, in the hospital is full. That's not the case.
0: It's just your, 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 the, your ratio is big enough per, you know, patients per one nurse or whatever. Yeah,
1: that's correct. And so they don't tell you that, you know, they, they don't they don't tell you those things. Yeah, they don't tell you a lot of things or, or you know, they, you know, whoever they are. <laughs> they also misdirect a lot of information. So and, and, and we see that coming down the pike and it has there's going to be some some disastrous results. And from what I can tell, there's there's no answer coming from the government as well. It is it's almost like they're trying to break the system, you know. And and, and there's well, been a lot of well, people who have shouted that for a while, and a lot of people scoff at that, and say, "Oh, it's a conspiracy theory," you know. Then give me another answer. I'm looking. I, I want it. See, I, I want the, hope. The, you know? the, I want
0: the weird thing to me too is that you have like, uh, you know, so they put it out that or not too long ago that they want. Any company who has more than 100 employees, they want them to be forced to get vaccinated or they want the company to pay to have a company come in and test their employees however many times a week or whatever. Which will cost out the wazoo so they know what companies are going to do. Exactly. So they know they're either going to let people go to where they get under 100 employees, you know, or they're going to force people to get vaccinated, which is going to force people to quit or something like that. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, it's like, okay, you tell everyone, every company, every person at your company has to be vaccinated. Then you have a bunch of people walk out and quit. Then they get unemployment. So like the government's still going to shovel out unemployment for a lot of people who quit their job. So I don't, I don't understand that. But, but the problem is is unemployment only pays out a certain amount of money. So I, I understand why the government thinks they have the upper hand on this because, you know, if you make $20 an hour, you're only going to make three hundred dollars a week on unemployment. You can't afford to walk out the door, you know. So they ha- they do technically have the upper hand in that case, but it's still weird, right? That it's like the- they're still give unemployment well, to people who walk.
1: In in my opinion, it's the same thing. It's it's governmental funneled dollars. If if you're getting un- unemployment and that's how you're surviving. Guess what? You want to keep those unemployment benefits coming. You're going to have to get vaccinated, son, you know, because we control you. You, yeah. you don't have you have nothing without me. Right. You have nothing. And and that's it, that's what's happening. They are funneling everybody into their herding the sheep. Right. Get a little conspiratorial here. But I, I think in essence, you can see this happening. You know, Edward Snowden on the Russell Brand show. I just saw this the other day on his YouTube. If you're not watching Russell Brand on YouTube, you should be he's he's got it going on really Okay. he, he, he puts on a great and he's got a podcast that you it, it's a pay for podcast but man his you can get enough from his youtube clips i'm telling you They're, it's fantastic he had edward snowden on not too long ago and edward snowden clearly said that the the greatest conspiracies are right in front of your face right now you know he went on to say that like the satanic rituals that we've that we've you know talked about in conspiracy theory circles for a long time about government officials who are, you know, drinking children's blood and eating babies and and satanic rituals of all kinds. He goes, that, that's sounds in a sense, you know, sexier, right? It's more compelling, but the greatest conspiracies are the ones that are actually happening right in front of your face. So follow the money, see what the mandates are. Why is it up to the government to mandate that people with a hundred employees or more, what does it have to do with anything? You know, it's just a matter of control. Now, here's one difference. Those companies, a mandate is not a law. Not that he won't put something into law. That's I'm sure that's probably bound to happen. But a mandate is not a law. company can refuse to do that. As long as there's no government money tied to that company, they really don't have much of a say, even though the bigger corporation that you got, the more you're already tied into the government, the more that probably they're going to have something to hold against you. Uh, but if there's any money whatsoever, and this goes for the states as well, the federal government funnels all kinds of money into each state, right? If the states don't comply with what Joe Biden is saying, bam, you, you're going to get your funds cut off. And this works with a lot of other practices as well. Which isn't, so
0: that? doesn't it seem like Florida's on the, the line of doing that? It seems like Florida's pushing back harder than anybody else on all this stuff.
1: Florida's given a big fat middle finger to this whole thing and Mm -hmm. they're leading the charge. Uh, Now, granted their numbers have been really high too. Their, their COVID positive numbers have been through the roof, but you know, that's, you're talking about like the, the threat of illness. You're talking about fear. You're talking about fear, the fear of illness, the fear of death, the fear of losing my money, the fear of losing my job. They're using fear and Florida's saying, you know what, we're going to take our chances, Right. And they're giving a big fat middle finger at the same time. Texas is given a big fat middle finger to the abortion to, to Roe versus Wade. You know, they're saying this is what we're going to do. Um, they're actually, which is kind of strange, but it's interesting. They're basically deputizing citizens to be able to sue someone in a court of law if they found out that they got an abortion, which I don't really care for that so much. It sounds a little
0: bit, you know, communist. Hang on, what? Communistity to me. De- deputizing. Okay, tell me, tell me that one more time.
1: Deputizing. I stole that word from, I think it was ABC News. But basically what you can do in Texas is if you know someone got an abortion, you can take them to court and sue them if you can prove it. And it, if you win the case, you get like a bounty. <laughs> yeah. So it, huh. it's like this. Yeah. They're, they're You can tell on someone if they're getting an abortion and, and maybe even get paid for it. So very, very strange, very strange stuff. But um, they're giving a big fat middle finger to Roe versus Wade. And it's got a lot of people shaking in their boots, Uh, just like Florida's giving a big fat middle finger to these mandates. And uh, the the governor there, uh, DeSantis, he told people uh, in the state, it's like, do not comply. It's like, if I find out that you're mandating masks or mandating vaccines, I'm coming after you. Right. And it's just it's crazy, man. It's like Wild West stuff. But. Once again, no matter what side of the vaccine debate you're on, don't we need a little bit of pushback right now? Or are we just going to all, you know, fold? I don't care if you if you're if you're vaccinated, if you're not, if, if whatever, can you see what's going on? Right. Can you see? Can you see the the grab for control? Right? And can you see that's happening? It's happening right in front of our eyes, and, and people are just bowing to it because they're coming after your pocketbook, and and they're coming after your health. And next it's getting down a little rabbit hole here, but they're coming after your kids. You know, they're, they're going to, they're going to force you to, to vaccinate your kids or, well, I don't know what's going to be the consequence. You know, um, you're going to homeschool your kids. A lot of people are, a lot of people are already doing that. i <laughs> like, screw this. I'm not, I'm not leaving my kids in this mess. So um, it's crazy. You know, I'm not, once again, um, I, I'm not talking anything about pro or anti-vaccination. I'm not, I, I know COVID is real. <laughs> Speaking of, I've had COVID twice, you know? Well, just but, got but, through with my bout again.
0: Yeah, but before we get into that, though, you know, you're, you're talking about, isn't there certain vaccinations that all kids have to have to go to school in the first place, anyways? So this there is are. probably just going to be one of those where you, this has to be thrown into the mix, too. But I just, I just, I just, get, wa- I just wonder, like, you know, say f- in five years when my kid is going to start kindergarten, uh-huh. I just wonder if, that's still going to be a thing or if it's going to be gone. You know what I mean? Like just five years is just such a long time. Now I understand that two weeks to flatten the curve turned into where we are now. I get that Mm -hmm. too, but it just seems like all this could possibly be gone in like five years or not. So, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Like we got through that. We got through everything and that every, or it could be disastrous. (laughs) I I don't, I don't know. (laughs)
1: No, no, go with your first instinct there, man. I was needing that. <laughs> I, I, I am seriously i I am looking I am looking for positive people who can give me real answers. Though. Yeah,
0: I can and, and I can give you positivity. Answer, you know? I can give you positivity, but I can't give you real answers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> positivity is close enough as long as it's not completely devoid. Like as long as it's not counterfactual. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. As, as long as you're not saying that what if you can prove me wrong, like if you can give me a different perspective, I'm not just talking to you here. I'm talking to anybody. If you can, if you can help shape my perspective to where it's not quite so like dystopian to where it's, it's not what I, what, I, what it looks like to me. I, I would, I would love it. I, I would hope so badly that this is all over with ASAP, you know, a, a year tops that, that COVID and the vaccines, we don't need them anymore. Go with the thing of the past. I'm afraid that there's, you know, there's going to be more to come. They've already given us, you know, this, it's not a matter of if, but when the next pandemic comes, you know, Ooh, here comes the boogeyman. There are some real bad, there's, there's some real bad stuff out there. Like the black plague that happened in, in the dark ages in Europe was no joke. It killed like massive amounts of the population. Mm-hmm. Like it, that wasn't like a conspiracy. It actually happened. But like I say, I drive it into the ground. They never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're kind of just kind of it seems like they're they're waiting for the next bad thing to happen so they can grab more control. And so they can they can they can do these things to have them in place. Back to your original point, though, I've asked the same question, too, because I want somebody to give me a good answer. And I can't find one yet other than, you know, borderline or full out conspiracy. What makes the COVID vaccine so much different than, like, say, polio um, or, or or anything like that? Um, as far as why is it causing so much feared resistance, you know, and do you have any insight on that? What's different about this?
0: I don't, unless, unless the vaccine is doing things to people that the, they're not telling us like what, what is okay. like, we don't know. We don't know what's in the, the vaccine. I mean, I, I guess that, I mean, people do. I don't personally. Most people probably don't. Most people that get vaccinated yeah. probably don't know what's in it, but they're getting it. And but what's it doing? Like what, what is things that are in that vaccine, what is it doing if if you give it to kids, is it possibly can it make kids sterile? Like is is this whole thing like a thinning of the herd situation? Mm-hmm. Are we doing this all on purpose to thin the herd? Like what what you know what I'm saying? Like not just looking at thinning the herd now, but look at thinning the herd in the future, is it possible Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, at the risk of our kids not being able to have kids and things like that? Right. And that's that's conspiracy minded. I get it, but that's the only thing I can really think of on why it's so like why it's so important right now.
1: Well, basically what you're saying is the conspiracies are what's driving the resistance. Yeah. But, you know, didn't they have those same questions about the polio vaccine or when the flu vaccine first came out? I mean, weren't people like skeptical and say, no, you're not going to mandate my kids get this shot before they go to school. I'm a red blooded American. It's like, how dare you infringe upon my freedoms and the freedoms of my children? It's like, was that resistance not there back then? And what makes now so much different?
0: I mean, what, what if it's the time between the, when the vaccine was created versus when they started mandating that kids had to have it? You know, what I'm saying like, what if the COVID vaccines here now, but it takes 15 years before they say, OK, your kids have to have the COVID vaccine to go to school versus if the vaccine just got here now. And the next year they're saying your kid has to have the COVID vaccine or they can't go to school. Like, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying like the maybe I guess if it's pr- if it's proven its use, I guess. It's had enough time to prove prove itself that it does help. I guess I I don't, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Because like the polio vaccine, I don't know when that was created. We could look that up, I'm sure. But when that was created versus when they actually mandated it to say you have to, your kids have to have it to go to school or something like that.
1: So I did some research on the polio vaccine. It's okay. been a while ago now, and I don't have the sources in front of me. But and I, I'm going to butcher the numbers, but so I'm not going to be specific. But from what I remember is that there was some resistance, but, you know, on top of that, there was a much greater percentage of adverse reactions to children. Like there, there was a a bunch of them that died or, or otherwise. Here's the thing though, that was from like a bad batch. It wasn't from the actual vaccine itself. But who's to say a bad batch? I mean, that, that kind of crap happens, right? Yeah. Who, who knows if any, any vaccine or any medicine whatsoever come from a bad batch, it's going to put you on your back and maybe even kill you. Yeah. So the polio vaccine had that. I think one of the major, major obvious differences is the proliferation of information, the media, and, and, and also the polarization of the, of the parties. Everything is politicized now and, and it's crazy because I never would have thought, and I've said this before, never would have thought a pandemic could actually be politicized the way that it is. Like, this side thinks exactly one way and you know this side thinks exactly the opposite just based off of what the other side thinks. You, you already can predict that. It's like that with everything. You know, it's like that with natural disasters. It's like that with healthcare. Everything is politicized. I think that's a big thing too. And so most of the skeptics i would say at least the the majority that i know or have heard of are um at least senator right if not right leaning and i'm not saying right wing nuts that's not what i'm talking about there are conspiracy theorists and and nut jobs out there i'm not talking about QAnon or anything like that i'm talking about just people who who have conservative type of values uh, versus people who have liberal values you know there's a stark line there and that's another thing Uh, but i also there's just there's this basic mistrust of the government. There's there's so many there was so much flip flopping by Fauci and, and Biden just seems so incompetent. Like anybody who says otherwise, I, I mean, come on, I, I, I think a lot of people, you know, he's not Trump, basically. Right. He's not Trump. And so that's what they wanted. I understand that. I get that. You know, I do. But that still doesn't cover up all these other things that are happening, all these other facts. I, I, res, you know, I appreciate your right to vote for someone who's not Trump. That's fine. I, I can see why, you know, but the fact that it's not Trump doesn't, you know, it doesn't do away with the other issues that we're having, that this I, is some it, very it serious it, times that we're living in. There's it, the mistrust is, I think it's warranted.
0: I mean, no matter what you think of Biden, no matter what you think of Trump, the there's like an overwhelming... Wonder for me on what things would look like right now if Trump would have gotten elected for another term and not Biden. How
1: dare you! How dare you! You get so much hate for that <laughs> statement. I said
0: it's an overwhelming wonder. I just not that I think that things would be better or worse. I just wonder, it just because, regardless of if you agree with what Trump, how Trump did things, what he did, how he did, you know, whatever. He was still a big. I put my foot down on a lot of things, mm-hmm. and I just, you know, he has. Am I wrong that he hasn't come out and said very much about how things are being handled right now? Like Trump's not in they, the media much, really. Right? I mean, I know he they is right canceled now. Him. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's weird. They canceled. They canceled him, man.
1: They canceled a, a former president. It, it, to some regard, I understand, but this was a president of the United States. He was he was duly elected and your social media outlets, as well as your your media outlets, for the most part, have canceled that man mm-hmm. because of what he says and because he I mean, he's yeah, he's a jerk to him. But so at any rate, look, I I am even though it may not sound like it when we're in this discussion. Uh, these are just opinions and their thoughts. Uh, I do go down some rabbit holes like this, but I am looking for a silver lining through all of this. I'm looking for the best possible thing to do. Uh, I'm looking for myself to try to overcome suspicion, I, but I'm not going to turn a blind eye to obvious, you know, facts. I, I'm not going to politicize this in my mind. I do not... Uh, I do not belong to either side of the aisle. You know, I, I refuse to because I think they both suck. <laughs> They're <laughs> sucking us on both both sides of the aisle. And I am not going to let myself fall into that. I used to kind of like the the game of politics, you know, not that I was a politician ever. Just it, it's, a, it's a game. It's a sport for everybody, mm-hmm. especially when you get into debate, you know, and people like to debate back and forth. Um, I'm not a team player when it comes to that, but I, I do want the best for people, right. You know, I want the best for our country, for our economy. And I, I hate the thought that people are trying to collapse what we have to try and, and make something new, which gets into a lot of other, other topics. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but like the great reset is, is, a is, a. Uh, it's a, a conference is something that they had that's that's very interesting and it goes right along with Bill Gates um, uh, another, I think it was a Russell Brand interview where Bill Gates is trying to take over the world food supply through seeds, he, he's trademarking seeds and, and he's going to sell them back to the farmers, it's crazy a lot of things that are going on there's a certain amount of, of farmers in India who killed themselves because they can't farm anymore because apparently it ties right back to Bill Gates. Um, And and I'm not trying to pick on him specifically. There's just there's some there's some power hungry people out there, these billionaire Dr. Evil wannabes who think that they need to they they have all the money in the world. So now they just they just want to consume all the power. And I, I, I am I am through all this looking for a silver lining. Like I I want things to be okay. I'd rather talk about Smart toilets, you know, and that'd be the only thing that is pertinent or, or you know, um, compelling to speak of. But you know, in the meantime, like I said, these are just opinions and ideas. I don't even necessarily, per se, ascribe to all of the stuff that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's interesting to talk about. I, and I think it's very, very important that we think about things. Yeah. You know, hence, hence the cerebral entertainment podcast. If nothing else, I question.
0: You know, nothing else. Question. Absolutely.
1: It. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think that's something that we're missing. I think not, it, I think we, at
0: least forty-seven percent of our show is questioning things we don't understand and not getting an answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my
1: hope is that we start getting some more engagement and people start giving us some answers. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. That, that that is that is my ultimate goal because I, we do have some answers for some things, but it's it's personalized, mm. and I think that's what's so important. I, I think it, it's good to have like personal experience. From our perspective mm-hmm. and from others, I want others, our listeners and other people to engage on these topics because I want to know some, some of what you all think right. you know about these things. Um, it's important that we share ideas. And even if we don't necessarily come to a consensus, it gives us a little more depth of thought so that we can make informed decisions. And I hope that we just, I don't want to be confusing. I don't want to confuse people any further. Right. Uh, But I also don't want to be blind sheep led to bad things because of those uh, Dr. Evils in the world because they're out there, I believe. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
1: At any rate, man, let's cap this off. It's uh, episode 202 in the book. Yeah, man.
0: Pretty crazy, right? So, you know, I, I, I I, when I made the post about our 200th episode, I, felt compelled to put on there, which I'm sure you read that said, uh, you know, 200 episodes in the grand scheme of things doesn't seem like it's really that much. Like if you look at a Joe Rogan, who's probably like 1500 episodes or more, you know, those guys have been doing it a lot longer than us. And if you figure that we've averaged one episode per week for four years now, that's about what you've got. You got to put in four years of work, to get to 200 episodes and like I said in the grand scheme of things it doesn't seem like it's that much but it really is and we've put a crap load of work into the show and hoping that you know we're intriguing people with what we're talking about or at least making people laugh at the stupid stuff we talk about and Mm -hmm. you know I, I just hope to continue on with what we've got going and you know our we're always kind of shifting our game plan a little bit on, you know, because we have life things that happen and, you know, that kind of move things in directions we didn't expect, but we seem to fight through them every time. So I'm hoping that that continues to happen too.
1: Absolutely. I saw a post by, I think it was Gary V. Right. And he said something to the extent of, you know, it takes so long to really like, get to do something really well, mm-hmm. you know? And in the meantime, like you're going to make mistakes and you're going to change things up. And sometimes it's going to suck, you know, <laughs> which I don't know if we were sucked, but I do, I do kind of look at us as getting to a point to where I'm going to say something like now watch from here on, because we, this is, this is, this is what's up right here. Uh-huh. Uh, watch it from here on and, and kind of forget about all the rest of it. Yeah, it's I, I've had a lot of fun and we've grown through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, learned a lot by podcasting these two hundred and two episodes now, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of them. I think that they've all been been beneficial and been part of our journey, part of our learning process. But I am looking forward to polishing that process and putting out some good content.
0: Just always, just always remember. Stride. Just always remember that we should be at two oh four, but there's two episodes <laughs> in there. Dude, <laughs> Why do you keep bringing up old stuff, man? what was the first one? Like number 11? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) What,
1: what happened with that one? Was that one that I erased on accident or, or didn't hit record or something? Uh,
0: No, we recorded. I don't remember what happened. It was a, just a file. Like you, you had the file, but you couldn't open it for some reason afterwards. Yeah.
1: I think because with, with audacity, you have to keep the audacity file and the, the, to called? the information file. Oh whatever. yeah, you might have it's lost called. the
0: information file or whatever. Uh, well, you can't.
1: You have you can't move them. They have yeah. to be in the same folder, the same spot. Right. And I, I think I didn't know that yet. Uh-huh. I learned it then. So yeah. that was a thing. I mean, the
0: episode couldn't and, have been great. It was number eleven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I bet you that was probably our best one. Probably yet. so. Yeah. And then the <laughs> second
0: one was uh, one where we were just in a hurry to get out of the place we were at, and you accidentally. Deleted the episode instead of the pre-show warm-up.
1: Yeah, the, I kept the sound check.
0: Uh huh. And, and when I hit save,
1: I wondered why it saved so quickly. <laughs> I was like, "Oh crap, that was too quick." I knew right then. I said, "This, this is not good. Something bad just transpired." <laughs> but in all honesty, there there were more than that. We, we've had a couple of throwaway episodes too. Yeah, um, we had that one that we did at that spot that I can't remember. On, I think it was oh, Cherokee Fo- Street. Foam?
0: Is that what it was called? Foam? Foam. Yep, yeah, that's
1: right. It was with Foam. I can't remember the name of that group that we talked to. It was just uh, two people out of that group.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, unfortunately, I can't remember their names. Lovely people, but we were in this room. It sounded like a, a freaking wind tunnel. Yeah. The, the, this loud AC, you couldn't even hear mm-hmm. our, our talking. It right. was terrible, so we had to throw that one away. And I want to say we've had at least one or two more that we've had. Didn't we have,
0: well, we had, we had another one that was an AC problem too with John Beebe and Chris Denman and JB, JB was there too. JB Anderson. Yep. Yep. That was a throwaway throwaway
1: because of the, uh-huh. Yeah. That was a shame because that was otherwise a a nice spot.
0: Yeah. Just the uh,
1: AC was overbearing.
0: Yeah. People just don't realize how much AC sucks when it comes to recording audio.
1: I know there's only so much you can do in post-production, man. Right. You can't work miracles, people.
0: Right. But uh, hey, but let me... Again, lem- let me live and learn. Let me, let me plug what we want to do real quick before we get out of here um, as far as our, shirt, our shirts go. So if anybody remembers, uh, was it earlier this year or was it last year? We revised our shirts, our CEP shirts with the Brain and iPod uh, to say support local business and we took all of the profits from those shirts that we made, which you made a pretty good chunk, um, and gave them to Jeff Britton over at exit six pub and brewery in coddleville. And he turned those into gift cards and gave them to first responders and front line people of, uh, of the pandemic and stuff, which I thought was really cool. Um, you know, we're not really, I mean, making money off of shirts is cool, but we're not really, we, we want, um, we just like seeing people in our shirts and in our our merchandise and stuff. So what we want to do is the same thing. um, But just with any business, like uh, if somebody can come to us with a game plan or just, you know, kind of tell us, uh, Hey, this is the logo we want to put on your shirt, or this is the organization we want to put on your shirt. And, you know, if we need to change a couple of things around on the shirt, we're fine to do that. Um, You know, I just want, we kind of want to do the same thing again. We want to get with an organization that we, believe in and that we like what the, like the things they're doing in the community and to where all of our profits that we make off the shirts from the promotion and stuff goes directly to that organization. So if you're listening to this and you or any of your friends or family or anybody, are in an organization that you believe in, hit us up, let us know. We'll come up with some kind of a game plan and we'll, uh, change our shirts to fit whatever, you know, whatever the organization is. And, uh, try to make some money for that organization. Yeah.
1: And this is like you mentioned, it helps us to get the word out about the podcast. Mm-hmm. It, But more importantly, it supports whatever organization wants to get their message out there too, and kind of collaborate on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it were just about us making t-shirt money, which we don't even, you know, with our regular t-shirts that just have, you know, one of our shows from the network on it. Um, we don't we don't make a lot of money from those mm-hmm. uh we actually what we do make we we've actually goes back into-
0: yeah and, and it's it's not very much because we've purposely dropped the prices on our shirts to where it's cheaper for people to buy you right. know you know when a standard shirt would be 25 30 bucks we may put it on there for 18 or something or 20 just you know it to where it, if it's two dollars and that two dollars builds up and then we throw that back into buying something for the show or something like that, but it takes a long time. We're not, we're not in it for the money. We're just in it to, we like to see people in our merchandise. Um, But, you know, we've got more than one logo now too. So any, and we've also got multiple types of merchandise. We've got koozies, we've got mugs, we've got uh, shirts and hoodies and tanks and all those kinds of things too. So, you know, people have a variety to choose from if they choose to, you know, connect with us and try to try to make something cool.
1: Yeah. If we wanted to, if we wanted to just sell a bunch of t-shirts, we could, I'm sure we could come up with a scheme to do that. You know, I could, we could put naked ladies on it or naked men or what, whatever <laughs> is your, your fancy uh-huh. and just put the CEP on there and bam, you're selling shirts. It's never been our goal. Our goal is just to get it. We, we, like you said, we like the, we like seeing people in the CP gear. Um, it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside, but it also is kind of a, you know, we, we just like, um, We just like to know that there are supporters out there and we're more than willing to support, you know, people, too, with their with their merchandise. But with this this new idea, even though it's not completely realized yet, because we don't know, you know, it's going to take some collaboration with the organization to figure out what that design would look like. We just know to be CEP and with, you know, that that organization that chooses to collaborate. Um, it is our efforts though to, to do something meaningful.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, This podcast, we've always wanted, we have some fun. We have some shows where it's goofier than other times, um, you know, but we do want it to be meaningful. And, and this is what this collaboration will hopefully yield is some more meaning to what we're doing because that also gives us that warm, fuzzy feeling of accomplishment and doing something good. So yeah, that and if it's, you're not, it's not out there. Just, that sounds it, interesting.
0: It's not just our promotion. Like I said, we're willing to add logos onto the shirts for the organizations too. So, you know, that is promo for them and social media promotion. If we if we are able to do this with somebody, we're going to blast the social medias with with this promotion too. And like I said, none of the profits will go to us. It will go to that organization. So you're basically getting free promotion from us and all of the profits from from these shirts we won't make a dime so i'm hoping i'm hoping we some people connect with us i'm hoping we can do something with this i think it'd be pretty cool
1: absolutely well based off the success we had with the small business support small business shirts Mm -hmm. that was last year in the in the the uh during the consequences of the quarantine that happened because small businesses were suffering right and so we we wanted to help out however we could and then we got to do that through uh, Exit Six Pub and Brewery, mm-hmm. and then we were also able to extend that through Jeff Britton to the first responders, which was also huge. That's that's definitely warm and fuzzy, yep. Uh worthy. So absolutely, yep. Looking forward to that, and looking forward to talking with some of the, some more of these small businesses mm-hmm. coming up real soon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, stay tuned, yo. Absolutely, good stuff coming your way. Yep. All right. See ya. See ya. Thanks again to you, CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth feels like a nice, healthy shot in the arm for us. So don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you catch your podcast from. Uh, the ones that you hold near and dear to your heart. And be sure to visit the new and improved launching pad for all things cerebral at the CEPodcast.com. If you need to contact us, you can do that at cerebral at the And be sure to pick up all of your official CEP network merch at slash CEP. And that's all I've got, folks. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.